Riverside. Well, hello again from all around the world. I'm your host, Conway T. And of course, you are back on the What the Football podcast. Let me tell you, it has been an absolutely cracking week in the world of English Premier League. We've had Arsenal bounce right back and get straight into the driving seat all over again with two massive wins. Is this the most confusing Arsenal team you've ever seen? Of course, we've had United go the opposite way and go from a position of power to maybe not so much after the loss that they suffered, of course, back-to-back yet again for United. Of course, we had Spurs as well also, you know, have some varying results, if you will, in the league and be kind of in that same position as Arsenal. But it certainly seems like it's now a two-horse race for the top four. Of course, it was as is at the top of the table following last week's win for both United, uh, sorry, both Liverpool and Manchester City in their midweek and weekend clashes. And of course, we had the bottom of the barrel um, stump up some wins and some changes there. So plenty to dissect in the show. We might actually start off. And we will go uh, a little bit easier on Rudds. He he does look a broken man. But we're not going to start at the top of the table in the top four. But we're going to go straight to the bottom. And, of course, we had some interesting results happen there. Everton, of course, posting a draw against Leicester last week and then going on to lose the Merseyside derby. And then, of course, we had Burnley uh, posting back-to-back wins. Maybe one unexpected, which was against Wolves. But then, of course, beating Southampton, gents. Um, Rudds. Are Burnley safe? It's going to go down to the wire. Um, I think it's a massive blow for Everton that Burnley have won these games because they thought they were home and dry with a four-point lead on Burnley. And then a week later, you know, Burnley have climbed out of the relegation zone for the first time in a very long time. I don't know what the stats is, um, but I think for as long as we've been talking about this bottom three battle, Burnley have been there. I know at one stage they were there because they had played fewer games, but they just remain in that spot. Um, so dangerous times, and I'll call it. Frank Lampard was a disastrous appointment. What does he know about a team in the bottom? Um, I see some of the Newcastle fans are taking the taking a piss a bit. Um, I know Donny Van der Beek turned down and moved to to Ev- to Newcastle in favour of Everton because he wasn't up for. A relegation fight, um, and that's and that's turned around. So yeah, I, I think Everton are in big trouble. Wait, interesting point Rudd's made, and we never spoke about it last week. But of course, on the show the week before, after the Norwich loss, you know Burnley obviously sacked Sean Dyche, who's been there for he was the longest serving manager in the league at the time. Um, had seen them down and brought them back up, and we kind of all said, you know, weird. Strange uh, time to get rid of somebody. If you want anybody there, it's Sean Dyche. Well, the facts are clear. Three goals scored, none conceded, six points, out the relegation zone. Are we the idiots, perhaps? Well, I think 
um, particularly with Daesh's history of, of you know, getting them, uh, getting them through these relegation scraps over the last few years. So um, it was a risk, but you know, I guess it's a results-based business. So you know, looking at it now, uh, a couple of wins and a draw, uh, a couple of good results for Burnley. So you know, we all had our concerns about Lampard as well earlier in the year. Uh, and it looks like that's coming to fruition. So, not looking good for Everton. Uh, Burnley fighting for their lives. And I just had a quick look at the fixtures coming up. Burnley play Watford next, and Everton play Chelsea. So, it's not getting any easier. I think we did have a discussion about Everton's remaining fixtures as well and how they might struggle. So, I think we were on the money, guys. You know, Lampard was always going to be a gamble and it doesn't look like it's paying off, which is sad because personally, I'd rather see Burnley go down than Everton. Um, you know, I, I do uh, enjoy Everton being in the Prem. Burnley probably not so much with the style of football, but let's see what happens. It's 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 going to come down to the wire, as Rod said. I don't think it's done yet. I think there'll be more twists and turns, but yeah, it's looking bleak for Everton at the moment, I have to admit that. Well, of course, what that also means, Rads, is that Leeds are now right in the thick of it. You know, you know, we probably sat here a few weeks ago and went, ah, Leeds are safe. You know, they, they don't have anything really to worry about because the gap between Everton and Burnley was so big that um, they weren't really in the mix for a long period. However, when you look at the table, you know, they're sitting in 16 points with 33, uh, sorry, six, they're sitting in 16th place. With 33 points, Burnley in 16 in 17th place with 31 points, and Everton with 29. And of course, what makes it more interesting is that Leeds's next few games is not easy. You know, they they've got to go against a, a tough Crystal Palace team away from home, followed by Manchester City, Arsenal, and Chelsea. I mean, we're talking we're talking dire straits here for Leeds. You know, they they'll be lucky if they pick up a few points in those games. So. You know, you got three potential guys going down there. Who who do you think in your mind is best placed to actually be equipped for this relegation fight? <laughs> oh my god. Um <laughs> That's a tough I actually one. think it's I think it's probably if I'm looking at the fixtures, it's probably Burnley. I think they play Watford. And I think that's probably the easiest fixture. And it's that one of have. those where yeah. I think one win um, out of the next four games or five games, maybe the difference between relegation or, or um, staying within the league. So um, I think that Watford one is massive. So I know it's away at Watford. Um, Watford are pretty much dead and buried as well. So if they only get that win, they then play Aston Villa twice, um, one at home, one away. And Aston Villa, one of those teams that are probably not the worst ones to play now because they're stuck in the middle. Uh, players start going on holidays. Um, you know, you, you, those sometimes become the easier fixtures. They're not really challenging for Europe or anything else. So um, I wonder if that will work in t- towards their favour. But when I look at Everton's fixtures, I think they, I think they're rough. I think, uh, I think Everton. Um, are in some serious strife. I think the next game is Chelsea um, at home. Um, they play Arsenal as well. Um, and they've got a couple other tough ones. So I, I'm not, I don't have the fixtures in front of me, but I know they've got a tough one. So if I'm putting money on it today, 
Um, my answer changes. I initially thought Everton would just be safe because they had, at that point, most of the games at home. Um, but that hasn't turned out to be the case. So, um, yeah, they're in strife. Well, Everton have not picked up a single point at home since November. They've lost 11 in a row. And just to clarify, their fixtures are New Co- uh, sorry, Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea at home, followed by Leicester, followed by Watford, who you would consider that's, you know, that's the six-pointer for them, really. They've got to beat Watford. If anybody is playing Watford in their bottom four, which is basically Burnley and Everton, they've got to take that as a three points. Their next game mm-hmm. is Brentford and Crystal Palace. You know, Brentford are in fine form and Crystal Palace are a very difficult side to play. So, I don't know, guys. It's a toss of the coin here for me. And that Arsenal game down. at the end, that um, I'm pretty sure Everton play Arsenal um, on the last game of the, uh, of the season. Yeah, no. Yeah. Everton. Because Everton. Oh, yeah, they got um, a catch-up game. That's right. So that last game, you know, that could be the difference between top four um, for for Arsenal and relegation for Everton. So that's going to be a massive, massive game um, that can come, like if it does go down to the wire, you know, but normally these things sort of, sort of peter out where we, we, we know before that last game who's in the top four, who's been relegated. So um, let's see. Let's see. Could be Wait, a I want to... Before you jump in, did you happen to watch the Merseyside derby or catch any of it this this yesterday? I did actually. Um, I watched up until the first goal, uh, and I thought, no, nah, it's going to be over after the first one goes in. But I have to say, Everton gave a good account of themselves. It's probably the best I've seen them playing under um, Lampard because they looked like they were going toe to toe. Liverpool obviously having a bit of an off day. It was one of those games where. You know, you've got to try and get through by hook or by crook. Um, but they, they showed a good account of themselves. They had, I thought they were unlucky, a couple of decisions there. Um, you know, on another day, that penalty gets given to Gordon. Um, but that's just the way things are going for Everton at the moment. A bit like United, you know. Um, same same sort of story. Things are just not going your way. And just doesn't seem like, like the ball's going to go in the net no matter what. So... Um, I thought they were decent, though, for a good hour against Liverpool. I watched the highlights after the goal as well, and I think they had another couple of decent chances. But, look, it was one of those games where, I guess from a Liverpool perspective, it was all about the three points. You know, that's all that matters at this stage of the season is just getting over the line. So they were close, but it's not good enough, and and their fixtures are not going to get any easier. So, yeah, like I said, it's, it's worrying times for them, but... Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something. I just want to say something to Wade. I do agree with him. It was a very close game at 88 percent to 12 percent position. Extremely close. Well, I was gonna say, have you ever seen a Merseyside derby like that where Everton just conceded straight from the start? They just, as you not conceded a goal, but conceded the game to just. Like really sit back like they like they're a championship team already. I don't think they had any other option, you know. Like they they had to try and get something. I mean, they going toe to toe with Liverpool would have been a, a suicide for them, you know. And so they did well yeah, but, to hang on for an hour. Wait, I don't remember. Wait, if, if you're at the bottom, if you Liverpool, in that first yeah, but if you if you are Everton in the situation, bro, this is actually a free hit. No one expects you to get any points That's from That's a good them. point. Yeah. Good so this point. is one where you already put in the last column. So go for it. Yeah. You know. Um, well, I don't. I, I might agree with Wade on this one, 
in, in instance, because if they do go for it, I mean, their goal difference is already worse off than Burnley as it is by five goals. Listen, let's not kid ourselves here. If Everton decided to go at Liverpool toe-to-toe, that score would have been about probably double figures. So I, I, one thing I will say to answer your question is that did I expect Everton to come out at us? Not a chance in hell. I actually will commend Lampard, which I do not rate as a manager, as I've said, as I've said previously, for taking that approach because it was the only way that Everton were going to compete. And for large parts of that game, and I think in the first half, they, they, they essentially nullified us. And, you know, they may get the plaudits for that first 45 minutes. The problem with facing this Liverpool side, along with facing Manchester City, is that they will find a way to break you down. Mm. And because of the firepower that they essentially hold off the bench, literally the three subs Klopp made influenced the game directly. All three combined for the second goal and two combined for the first goal. So it's very easy to say Everton should have come out and played. They, Rudds, they would have got slaughtered if they played us in an open game. So in fairness to them... It was probably the best. I actually think they need to take that approach into the majority of their games. After what I saw against United, if that team tries to attack, let's, let's be honest, a good team that day would have slaughtered Everton. We all sat here and said how poor they were. I think this is the approach they need to take. Use the pace that they have on the counter-attacks, that Gordon kid on, on, on wide and Richarlison. I, I can't even say Wobie because he is as hopeless as all hell. But maybe someone like Damari Gray, you bring on, and those players can actually nick a goal. It's all about, to me, Everton, all about nick a goal and close the game out and try and get three points. If you can get a point, by all means. The only game where they should even contemplate attacking, in my mind, is Watford. Every other game, they should probably play the same approach. That dire straits here, Rads. I mean, what more can they potentially do? You saw them against United. I mean, how they actually won that game was more how bad United were than how they were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, they scored with one shot on target, which was a deflection. So it was really um, them taking a... A fortuitous <laughs> goal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think even if you look at the XG in that game, um, United should have won that comfortably, even how poor they were. So, um, yeah, look, I, <laughs> I get what you're saying in terms of the approach, but you're not going to win games. Um, at best, you're going to get a draw if you're going to play like that. So, you know, you got to have an attacking threat or have a, have a plan for that. So, um, but with the amount of possession they had, and even when they did get the ball, I know, well, there's a couple of big chances, I suppose, but... Um, well, yeah, half chances, big decisions. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the, decisions, decisions more, maybe. yeah. Um, then the, the actual chances, and I think... I don't know. One one looked like a push in the back. Um, Which one do you least. think so out of the two I in think the your Trenton. mind from your think, you guys' perspective? Yeah, I think Trenton was the first one, wasn't it? I think that one was more of a pin than the other one. Um, but anyway, yeah. um, you know, you you get what you deserve in those games when you when you play negative football. Mm. I think it was the second one for me that looked more like a push in the back. Um but I, I can't remember. But I just remember thinking of you, you've seen those given throughout the season, you know. So it was unlucky from them. I think if they get a goal, you know, maybe that changes things. They really tuck in um, even more and maybe try to get something out of the game because it looked like it was one of those games where Liverpool weren't quite on zone. 
but yeah, that's just the way the ball's bouncing for them at the moment. It's just yeah, they're just not getting those results, unfortunately. We were just waiting to bring on the Derby specialist, Wade. His name is, of course, Divock Origi. He only plays in derbies. He only scores in derbies and Champions League finals. <laughs> and speaking of Divock, I, I do want I do want to give him I do want to give him a two minutes. I mean, I posted that thing in the group there. Has there ever been a stranger player in all your life? Just to put it into context, Wade, if you don't know, and maybe it runs for yourself. This is a guy who has not played a league game since January. And when he came on in that game, he played 10 minutes. Is there just players, uh, uh, you know, Carragher and Owen, and then we're talking about it. How can a player, or does it talk to Klopp's management? How does a player who hasn't played in three months come in and influence a game so massively and still be happy with the role he's playing within that team? Yeah, I don't know if he's happy with the role, um, but well, he has to be. Player, he comes on and he performs. Wants to play. Yeah, no, so no, but that, but okay. So what about you, what about United, where nobody's performing? Yeah, but I, I say if I talk about Divakoregi specifically, right? I think he doesn't fit in the team because he's a different player mm. to the others. Mm. Which means once you're used to defending in a certain certain way, you then bring on Origi, who's a different proposition. To, to the way Liverpool attack. And he's going to do things differently to what the front line does, which is why when you need these goals, he's delivering. So it's in terms of the, the way Klopp is managing him, it's, it is brilliant in the, in, in the sense that, you know, the more you struggle to score goals, it is always going to be something different that's going to win you, that's going to win you those games. Like you get players like Peter Crouch, who would have been a different proposition to to the attack than someone else. So I think that's that plays a big part. Keeping him happy and keeping him performing is one thing, but I'm, I'm, I know he's said on record that obviously he wants to play more, and I think he's going to be looking for more football next season, um, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so this may be the last last year he plays there. Um, oh, I think but you need to is. replace that yeah. with something similar or someone who's a, a different prospect than your front three. I think to that point, Wade, but what makes Origi even more interesting, Rads, is the the times of his goals. So all the goals he scored, 80% of the goals he scored for Liverpool have come after the 75th minute. And six of those goals have come after 92 minutes, which speaks quite specifically to, um, I guess, you know, the fact that, and he's not, it's not as if he's scoring these goals in small games either. So I think it's quite unique, the attribute he has. So to your point, it's like, it's not like he's throwing him on against Brentford and he's scoring these goals in a nothing game. Yeah. He's led the line in the Champions League semi-final against Barcelona. He scored a, the, the decisive goal in the Champions League final, uh, the semi-final against Barcelona, sorry. He's done it in derbies. He's done last-minute winners. So there is something unique about Origi as a player, I suppose, irrespective of Liverpool. I'm interested to know, Connor, maybe you know this already, What's what's the percentage in terms of the goals he scored from starts and the goals he scored from from the bench? Most most of the goals have been as in as off the bench, almost like a you know it's almost like a take on a Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in a way, just not as much game time as someone. Well, like he him. hasn't started many games, has he? Like I, I, when no, he started I bugger all. the yeah. Champions League semi there. Um, Connell, but I'm, I'm struggling to even think of a time where I've seen Origi start. But 
I think the way you describe it, there's probably spots on, right? It's like a, a team will get used to defending Liverpool a certain way, and he's the only player in the team that offers something a bit different to the rest of those forward players, you know? So um, it is a different proposition. I'm not surprised when you talk about those numbers and when his goals have come either. I think that's his role. You know, one thing he's proven is he has got an eye for goal because he does always yeah. seem to pitch in. Like, you know, you mentioned that he hasn't played for a few months uh, since January or whatever the case is, and then you come on, and it was a big goal because at one nil in the Premier League against anyone, it's never safe. You know, even though it is Everton, a goal can come at any stage, and that would have been a massive two points dropped. Um, you know, if you guys didn't didn't get the the win there, so he's got an eye for goal. I remember when he was in the shop window over the summer and. Um, you know, Klopp was saying that, I, I don't know, I think it had something to do with no one bidding for him and Klopp was going off about people not knowing football if they don't they don't rate Origi and stuff like that. I mean, obviously he has to talk his player up, but he's proven that he can score goals. So I, I think he'd, he'd do it in a, in a team maybe where he's getting a bit more regular football. Um, and he's still quite young, isn't he? What's he? He's still 24 or so? 26. 26, okay. He's, he's, he's getting he's still, he hasn't, the peak year, the peak years for football are 20, what, 27 to 30, 31. Mm. So he's not even mm. at that he's supposed peak. Yeah. 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 And I think to your point, um, I will say, I do believe Klopp genuinely thinks that Origi is an absolutely quality player. To Radz's point, he just doesn't specifically suit the way Liverpool play. Yeah. However, he is a variable to what and how we play. And that's mm-hmm. what makes him, I suppose, different. Um, but it does go to Klopp's management to bring a guy in three months later, knowing that this guy has a phenomenal record against Everton for some reason in the derby. And then he delivers by playing a role in the first goal and scoring the second. So there you go. So, you know, it goes back to the question, guys. Who's going down? Who's the third team? Who's putting their balls on the line to call it now? and say who's going down. I will say, back in October, I said Leeds United. <laughs> Let me have it, Rudz. Give me a name. I think Leeds are safe. Uh, I like... They, they have been playing better with Jesse Marsh. I think they, um, they're good for a couple of wins. Um, Hopefully one of those wins is against Manchester City. Oof. Um, not at City. Uh, is, is that no, it's at, City? at it's at Ellen Road. Oof. Yeah, that's yeah, an interesting stat for you, uh, gents. I didn't even know when I looked at the uh, form guide because obviously I'm analysing every City game to see where they could potentially drop points. Do you know how many points City picked up against Leeds last season? One. One point. Mm. They lost at home and they drew away. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. That was Leeds last year, wasn't it? Like Leeds, yeah. They could beat anyone on their day. They could know? beat anyone. Yeah, different yeah. Leeds this year. This mm. is so, a different and so Leeds are safe. So who's going down? Burnley, Everton. Yeah, sorry, I think it's Everton. I think, uh, oh. I think Frank Lampard is not equipped for this. I think now is a time where you get players, you know, that are under the cosh. You know, you 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 start shitting bricks because you're in the relegation zone, and and the amount of pressure that you be that comes onto you every single game, you know, I think leads to, you know errors and poor performances where I think Burnley have got the the new manager bounce at just the right time. I think they probably got enough belief in that squad now. 
um, must-win game for them against Watford. If they beat Watford, there's some breathing room. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's looking ominous for, for Everton. So, you know, in saying that, next week we can say, oh, shit, Burnley are going down. If they lose to Watford and somehow Everton get points against Chelsea, who are also a strange team um, in terms of some of their results and, and the way they've been playing. So, um <laughs> Today I'm saying Everton, next week it can be something else. <laughs> Seems to be the way on this podcast. Uh, Wade, what do you have to say about the matter? Leeds, Burnley or Everton? I think I'd, yeah, I'd probably agree with Rudds. It's, it's looking ominous for Everton. Um, just having a quick look at their fixtures as well. So Burnley play Watford away, then they play Villa at home, who haven't been great. I don't think they've won in their last five, so they, they could pick up points there. Spurs away will be tough. Then they play Villa again and, and Newcastle um, last. So, you know, when you compare that to Chelsea, Leicester, uh, Brentford, Crystal Palace, those are tough games for Everton. So, I just I don't see where the points are coming from. Um, Burnley are equipped for a, um, a relegation scrap as well. They've been here before. Um, they've dug themselves out of this hole before. I think that with Everton, they I can't remember... Everton being in a position like this. So the pressure that is going to be on those players, and then when you look at the quality of play that they have, especially in defense, you just, it's hard to imagine them, you know, pulling, pulling, um, pulling rabbits out the hat, which you need to do sometimes at this stage of the season. And I don't see where that's coming from. They don't have those characters. So yeah, I think Everton are in serious trouble, um, which is crazy because yeah. if you had to say that to me, at the beginning of the season with Rafa coming in, you know, you're thinking, wow, Everton might be moving in the right direction here, but it's just all turned to custard. So, yeah, I would say the, the, the bottom three as it is now is, is probably how it's going to finish. I think Leeds will be well. Leeds will be good, sorry. They've been good since Jesse Marsh has come in. Um, so I, I think I think the bottom three right now is probably how it will finish. Yeah, it's interesting because okay. the players Everton got are meant to be pushing them into that European spot. Mm. They're, not, they're not equipped for this type of battle. Whereas Burnley's, if you said to me before the season, I think most of us had Burnley in the relegation zone anyway. Mm. I think uh, those are the type of players they have. They know they're up for for battle. So I mm. think that's probably going to come up trumps. Well, I'll, I'll do it very simply. This is how I see it. Leeds on 33 points. I think they'll they'll draw tomorrow. They'll lose to City. They'll lose to Arsenal. They'll lose to Chelsea. And they'll draw with Brighton. So that takes them to 35. I think Everton will lose to Chelsea. Will draw with Leicester. Will beat Watford. Will draw with Brentford. Sorry, I think they'll lose to Brentford, sorry. And I think they'll draw with Crystal Palace. So that'll put them on additional five points. That'll put them on 34. Are they on 29? Oh, they still have Arsenal as well on the last game of the season. So they'll put them on 34 having to play Arsenal with the last game that they have. And then I think Burnley are actually safe because I think they'll pick up enough points between the two Aston Villa games and the Watford game. So they'll be safe. I do think you're right. It's going to come down to that last game with mm. Everton and Arsenal. Yeah. I do think it'll be a one-point deficit there at some yeah. point. 
So I think the maximum leads will get a steady five. I don't see them picking up any points against Manchester City, Arsenal, and Chelsea personally. So just I know we just want to at the bottom of the table, um, and this might even be a bit disrespectful to bring them up. But Brentford, what a season they've had! I mean, you know, another result against um, one of the big London teams on the weekend. Um, they've been Massive. superb. What a story! You know, just looking at their their recent results as well: three wins and a draw um, out of their last four games. So. What a story they've been. I mean, I'm sure we all had them as, as favourites to go down, probably wooden spooners coming into this season. Um, and and it's not just the fact that they've got, got these results, it's how they've done it. They actually play good football, you know. Um, and they did it again against um, Spurs. I thought they were the better team on the day. You know, they were playing. They should have won. Yeah. That game as well. Um, Spurs struggled to create anything. I don't know if even if they ended up with the shots on target in the end. Um, maybe one, but another excellent performance from Brentford. So I just wanted to give them a quick shout out while we're on that end of the league. Bro, that's, that's actually, a, I think that's Brentford a... actually deserve a round of applause for what they've done. What? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang, hang on. on. You said with absolute certainty, Newcastle are going down. What yeah, about no. love for their ninth position? They are. I got, you know what? How, how good has Eddie Howe done? You know, and I'm, a lot of players I'm eating signed, my words. I'm eating my words. Yeah. Yeah. The players he signed, some of them haven't even been available. Um, so, so I want to uh, say the, something. I had a look at the log today, and while I was scrolling through the log, I went, and I stopped and I went, Holy shit. That was my exact words when I saw where Newcastle were. Because yeah. I'm like, they're six points behind Wolves. Wolves mm-hmm. was literally the team you were talking about, you know, potentially breaking into the top seven, top six. The turnaround is phenomenal. I cannot yeah. believe it. We, I probably even said it. I don't know if you guys agreed or not. But I said after, after January, I'm like, I'm not sure they've done enough to, 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 to turn the tables. And then they lost Trippier on top of that, who was their most influential player at the time. And they have gone from strength to strength. It It, it is phenomenal. I am I am yeah. shocked at, at Newcastle's turnaround. I think yeah, you see videos. A lot of credit, like Rad said, um, especially the way he's managed the new signings. Like Bruno came in, uh, Bruno Gamera, who was linked with a, a few big clubs. And he didn't start him straight away. He was actually on the bench for um, for the first few games bedding him in, getting him used to the pace of the league. And you look at him now, he's like the driving force in that midfield, scoring goals, um, you know, pushing him forward. He looks like a real quality signing. So, yeah, I think a lot of credit has to go to Eddie. I was a bit skeptical of him coming in only because we know Eddie's style, right? He's not really a – you wouldn't call him a pragmatic manager. He likes to play on the front foot. Um, He likes to play attacking football. We saw that from his Bournemouth team. So – I was a bit worried about whether he'd be up for a relegation fight, but yeah, he's proven us wrong, and they're flying at the moment as well. So, yeah, definitely a massive shout-out to them as well. And look, Wade, as much as I, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the bottom of the table, and, and rightfully so, because a lot is happening there, and there's a lot of big teams um, that are impacted by what's going on there, but... You've got to be smiling after the week you've just had, mate. You've beaten Chelsea away from home and you've gone on and flogged United. And in that space, you've scored seven goals, which is, I'm not sure if you predicted that you would pick up six points, but 
what are you feeling right now, I guess, in sense of the top four battle, how Arsenal have responded to those three losses, and, of course, going on to beat a fierce rival in Chelsea and Manchester United? Yeah, it's the life of an Arsenal fan, really, at the moment. You know, you're flying one week and, you know, you're on top of the world, top four. Let's go for third. Let's chase Chelsea. We can get third. <laughs> uh, get brought back down to earth with, uh, with three performances like we had before um, these couple of wins. But obviously, you know, delighted with the victories. Delighted that we're scoring goals again. Um, but, you know, I just look at those three fixtures. It's like, yeah, you, you get happy because... We've given ourselves a chance. You know, we're still in the hunt. But you just look at those three previous games. I mean, Palace, Brighton and Southampton. Even if we just got four points from those three games, four points, we would now be, what, six points ahead of um, Spurs, you know? So it's a bit of hindsight because it was a disappointing run. Um, But, you know, what more can you ask for to bounce back like that, you know, against two... Two big rivals, um, you know, in Chelsea and, and United. But look, I, I look at our running, and I still think Spurs have the easier running. But it's really going to come down to that North London derby. That's a huge game. Um, you know, we play West Ham uh, next. I think West Ham, uh, they've got this semi-final that they're involved in as well. They made a lot of changes on the weekend. I think they made six changes. Um, to the team that played Spurs and, and nearly got a result against them. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be tough, man. If we can do West Ham away, I'm confident we can get something like the Leeds at home and then we go into that North London derby. If we can go into that Spurs game on the back of four wins on the trot, um, it'll be big for our confidence because I think that's the big one. Um, Spurs play Norwich and I think um, Burnley after us their last two games. So Spurs are know, out the conference that, league, are they? Um, yeah, they don't have anything else. They're just focused mm. on the prem at the moment. So against Burnley and Norwich. So you know those that's that's pretty much could be six points for them. You know, so what yeah. happens now up until we play them is crucial. Um, and yeah, every game's a cup final for us at the moment, so you can't get too excited, you know, even though I, I can enjoy those victories, for sure. I think we rode our luck, by the way, against United. Defensively, we were all over the place. I mean, Tavares was a few minutes away from costing us that game because he, he couldn't hold on oh, to that the ball. That guy's all over the shop, yeah. stage, man. And I'm, I'm sitting there screaming at the TV going, please take him off, Mikel. Get this guy off. He was a few minutes away from a, a, a big calamity. It's like you could see it coming. Um, and it looked like they were targeting that side as well. So I think we really, we rode our luck. But as I said earlier, at this stage of the season, it's by hook or by crook. You know, you just got to get the three points and you move on to the next game. So, um, yeah, let's see what happens uh, at the London Stadium. Well, there you have it, folks. You've heard it here first. Arsenal are a shoe in for the top four, according to no Wade. Questions for Rudd? Sorry, United. Um, <laughs> Look, I'm actually I'm trying to go soft on Rudd tonight. You know? This man has had to this man has had to come here every week and have to deal with abuse. And look, there's not much more. I'm not even sure Rudd there's much more we can say at the end of the day. It was a hapless midweek performance against Liverpool, which you kind of said that was going to happen. You've said the guys have thrown in the towel. You've said it's a shambles. I'm not sure there's much more to go into. 
with regards to United and where they're headed. I think we'll park it for just this week. I do want to ask you about the top four, but I do want to focus because I think United are, as you said, done. We've called that. Out of Tottenham and, and Arsenal, who do you think is equipped for that top four battle? And who do you think is going to get across the line? That That's the question I want to ask you. I do still think it's going to be Spurs. Um, I think I would be worried a bit with the, the way Arsenal played, particularly in the United game. You know, waited, rode your luck. I don't think you'll ride your luck like that throughout. I think the reason it's the top four battle, and I said this before, not the top of the table battles, because both of these teams are not quite ready to be challenging at that level. And I think that means that four wins on a trot is probably going to be difficult. Um, but let's see. I, I think both teams will still drop more points and then it will come down to that big game at um, at Spurs, um, the North London derby. Um, and, it, you know, there are tougher fixtures for Arsenal, so I do think it's 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 in in uh, it's in Spurs' hands still. You know they've got to they've got to win that game against Arsenal. I mean, interesting, interesting. I might give my take on that because if I look at it again and I'll go through it the same way I did uh, the previous one. If you look at Arsenal, it's it's West Ham, it's Leeds, it's Spurs, it's Newcastle, and it's Everton. If you look at Spurs, it's Leicester, it's Liverpool, it's Arsenal. So where's you know, the Newcastle game at? Uh, it's away from home. Yeah, we put yeah. Newcastle away. That'll be a tough fixture for us. Yeah, because Newcastle haven't lost a game at home for a very long time. Very long time. Yep. That's why I mentioned yep. the last two fixtures that Spurs have because they play Burnley at home and then they go to Norwich. So depending on where those two teams are at that stage, you know, oh, Norwich will definitely be done. Norwich, Norwich will be done. So that's a gimme three points for them. Burnley... You know, if they're safe at that stage, their guard could be down. So that could be, um, you know, a couple of a couple of easy wins for Spurs. And then after them, we have to go to Newcastle and then we play Everton at home on the last day. So it's it's, it's so tight, man. It's, it's yeah, I think it's going to come down. And we play them on Friday the 13th as well, just looking at the date. So I don't know, what, I don't know what that means. who's going to get the black cat walking under the ladder on that day is the question but i'll tell you what that top four right is well and truly on yeah 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 wade would you put would you put arsenal as slight favorites or do you think spurs are slight favorites looking at the future you'd have to put arsenal i'd have to say spurs when i look at those no how do you how do you say that no i think think the contact factor still comes into play even though actually it might not come into play because I see that he's heavily linked to the PSG job now. Mm, mm. Heavily linked. Hopefully that derails them a bit and, you know, like he's... Um... I think that absolutely can derail them if yeah. there's any truth to it. So yeah. um, you know, now that they've won the league and that United have announced their coach, so PSG were very smart. They didn't want to sack uh, Pochettino because they knew United were looking at him and looking mm. at Ten Hag. So they thought, well... We don't need a second because we can get some compensation for him if United end up going. And it was between Poch and, and Ten Hag. Um, but United have gone a different way. So now they're at the point where they've got no other option but to sack him if they don't think he's the right man to go forward. And the person they're looking at is going to be, you know, Conte in the conversation. That is, is also Zidane as well. Um, obviously, there's a, there's a nice link there for fans of French football. Um, but, you know, if Conte walks away... They're in trouble. They're in trouble, yeah. 
I just, I mean, just to get back to your question, um, kind of like, so looking at the fixtures, right, we have to go to West Ham. West Ham have been good um, this year, so that's going to be a tough fixture for us. I think yep. Spurs play Leicester at home that weekend. Correct. They should beat Leicester. Yep. Leicester have been so up and down this year. I see Spurs winning that one. Liverpool away, okay, you know, let's let's say that's um, a Liverpool win. We play Leeds at home. Please, um, Lord, let it be a Liverpool win. Yeah, we play Leeds at home. That <laughs> can't say, that's Lord, a I tough game. That's a tough game. It will be tough um, as well because the last time they played you guys, they I don't think I've seen a, a team create as many chances as what they did. I remember just them hitting you guys mm. on the break consistently. and I was thinking, All they well, did was catch us quickly on the yeah, break. Yeah, they could have scored, score scored two or three in the first half in that game um, from memory. So. Yeah. That could be an interesting one. But that's why I think it's going to come down to that, that Arsenal-Spurs game. Um, that's going to be crucial. And then, I think that's the key. Yeah, I think the it's key. the game between the two of you. Yeah. Because I think all your besides the Liverpool game that they have, which is the hardest game that they have in the sense of they're playing one of the two best teams in Europe and the world. Aside <clears> from that, and aside from the game where you play each other, I think the teams you're playing aren't far off each other so it's close yeah it's yeah, very close but i do think i do think it comes down to that game where you play each other yeah and then i keep bringing up those two games after as well because us going to newcastle is going to be really tough um yeah where they play burnley at home that weekend and then they play norwich the following weekend and we play everton the following weekend so those two fixtures as well you know it's particularly us going to newcastle it's just I mean, it's so you know tight, what makes the know? Newcastle game trickier? I'll tell mm. you what makes it even trickier, the Newcastle game, is the fact that Newcastle are playing you guys directly after playing Liverpool and Manchester City. So mm. they either come mm. off the bounce of two surprise results or one surprise result, or they come off the back of two losses mm. and into that game. So it's actually a very sticky situation, you're right, for Arsenal to be in the timing of that Newcastle game. Yeah. 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 That's it. So, yeah, lots to play for. I mean, this this could literally change week to week. Well, it is changing week to week at the moment. So, it's going to be about who can, who can be the most consistent, I guess, up until the end of the season. So, let's see. Let's see where we go. And, of course, you know, we won't go into it this week, but the top of the table continues on the trajectory we've all seen. I'm not going to ask you again for your predictions this week, gents. We know what's going on. We'll follow it closely. And, of course, a couple of massive games coming up this week with Liverpool, of course, playing um, Newcastle away from home. I think what makes it interesting is that both teams are away from home this week and Leeds playing Manchester City. So we'll wait to see how that all unfolds. But, of course, we go on to the most popular segment of our show, and this Powered is, of course, by Riverside FM. Thank you to our sponsors. Uh, Rads, the trivia man, he's back. Yeah, Connell did the fact check and he's three, he's three points ahead of Wade. So Wade's got to yeah. start clawing back. You know, um, obviously, this week Wade's watched a lot of football by the sounds of it. So he should be well placed. Points that I'm behind and I'm like, nah, I'm watching all the games closely. I'm listening to all the commentary for the stats as well. So you pick up all these little stats in his home. So let's see. Let's see how Wade does this week. 
All right, gents. We we went with the quick hits. You know the rules. First one to call out the answer gets the point. Which team has the longest run without a penalty awarded in in the league? Liverpool. The first one is Sukarno. And bonus point if you tell me how many games. Fourteen. Yeah. No, forty-six games. What? Forty-six. Forty-six Premier League games without a penalty. Well, that makes sense because nobody gets in our box most of the time. So there you go. Which team has scored the most headed goals this season? Burnley? No. I know Rad loves a Liverpool one. Liverpool. That is Liverpool. <laughs> oh, come on, you're killing me with these Liverpool questions, Rad. They're the ones picking up the pickles on a weekly basis. Unfortunately, that's the way it goes. So, you know, I suppose if you're going to answer Liverpool, you know, 10 out of 10 times, you're probably going to get two or three questions. (laughs) Oh, my. Which team recorded the fewest passes in half of football since 2006? Everton. Come on, Wayne. Come on, wait. Come on, wait. That is going on goes to Connell again. I don't know. I think Wade was watching the three-minute highlights, not the games. <laughs> who, who won three consecutive home games for the first time since 2017? No. Three consecutive home Burnley. It is Burnley. Damn. I was running away with it. That's four out of four. Rods, you playing? I'm in way too playing. Which player has the most goals from a direct free kick this season? Times one pass. Ah, oh, I was going to say. Wade's well on done. the board. Wade is on the board. Well done. He's All a right. free. Let's just. Can we pause on that? James Ward-Prowse is an absolute phenomenon from free kicks. One of the best in the so, world, surely. So apparently the record in the Premier League, I think I read the not that long ago, is 18 or 16 from David Beckham. And James Ward-Prowse is already on like 14 or something. Yeah. yeah. The guy plays yeah. for freaking Southampton, for crying out loud. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, he is. To follow on from that, which player has the most goals from outside the box this season? Rodri. No. Fuck it. Mind you, what a goal that was, too. It Kevin was, De Bruyne? No. Outside of the box. James Ward Prowse? That's James Ward Prowse. <laughs> <laughs> it was a trick question. Um, who scored a goal after 74 seconds this weekend? Liverpool? Now, which player? And it's not Liverpool. No, we scored in the second half. Which player? 74 seconds. No. No, they didn't score that early. No. I was trying to think of the games. This weekend, yeah, not last week's midweek games. This weekend, yeah. Mm. Nathan Collins? Nope. 
That's a tough oh, one, man. Oh, I, can't, I don't know. Um, you might have to give a couple clues here, yeah, I reckon. Let's just think. 74 seconds. It came in against Southampton. A game against Southampton. I can't remember who Southampton lost to. Uh, I know they lost to midweek. Obviously, James Ward Prowl scored two goals. Oh, in that Danny one. It's Danny Welvick. Yeah. <laughs> Do it again, Danny. He played a lovely <laughs> pass for that second goal as well, by the way. Oh, they played Brighton, did they? Yeah. yeah. All right. It's 2 2. Who failed to register a shot on target in their last four halves of football? Spurs. Wade has come out swinging. <laughs> well, he needs every answer yet. 5 3. Yeah, 5 3. You got to win the next I can't two. lose. So, so. It, it, Connell's on, on match point yet. Yeah. I just need questions a question. His last couple. Just answer <laughs> Liverpool first, and you are right. No, I'll give you a clue. There's no Liverpool. <laughs> Who is the first team in history to win 15 consecutive games against the same opponent? Shoo. Less, uh, 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 no. Chelsea? No. City? Manche- Manchester City. 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 The whole time I was going up, up, games. up. I was trying to say Manchester City. <laughs> yeah. 15 consecutive games against Watford. Wow. Who became the thirty-third player to score hun- to score hundred more goals in the Premier League? Ronaldo! Oh my God! What a comeback! What a, what a comeback, Wado! I do have who, a tiebreaker. Who thought we would need a tiebreaker in this one? <laughs> All right, let's go. Tiebreaker. Make it a Liverpool one. <laughs> who has the best minute-to-goal ratio Divock in Origi. Premier League history? Oh, it is Premier not- League history. It is not Divock No, no, I know it's not. Bloody hell. No Salah? No. No. Harry Callan Shearer? No. Some? No. Is it a current Okay, player? hang on. Let's just ask this question so we can be more specific. Is he currently playing? There's not many top goal scorers. I mean, if you think about the top goal scorers. Aguero? You know, Aguero, Rooney. Thank you very much. Wait, but that one. No, I got it. We said streak. no, no. Yeah, we go again with the same argument. <laughs> you both answered questions. No, 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 before you, Come on. No, you didn't. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this podcast back again. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, was in front of yeah, you'll get it back. Okay. Back you all told the me the exact, evidence. but I just want to say, going on the evidence brought before the court, you all said the exact same thing three weeks ago and were wrong. So Yeah, but three weeks ago, if you listen back to that one, there was a delay in the audio. <laughs> yeah, we go. Yeah, we go. Right. I'm telling you, you, you listen back to that one and oh. then... Why am I always on the why am I always on the receiving end of the delays is what I want to Because you were editing something last week to try and put yourself ahead. Uh, you know what, catch I give, you out this week. I give way to end of applause a round of applause there. It was an amazing comeback. I was standing out. This was Wade's Istanbul. You are now known as Rocky Balboa, Wade. That's what you are. That was a comeback of notes. Season's coming to an end. I couldn't get four points behind. No ways. Yay, that would have been game set and match. Two points it is. 
Oh, but anyway, gents, great trivia as always by the resident trivia man, Riyadh. We hope you enjoyed it at home, as we always do. Yeah, of course, we're coming to the end of the show. We've got to ask the pundits. Another week. Look, I know, Rads, you're waiting for the season to end. Will you be watching any of the Champions League games going on this week? Yeah, I watch, I watch football most days when football's <laughs> on. And Champions League is meant to be high quality, so I watch, I watch those games. So let's see, you know, 12 months ago, Villarreal and United were, were, were fighting it out in the, in the Europa League final, and you thought both teams would kick on. Uh, Villarreal has and United hasn't. And um, they're a good team. Emery is a good coach. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good game, I think. Um, and so what's your Real prediction, Rads, for that for the two semi-finals? I think Liverpool go through and Man City go through. Um, I think that's that that's it. Is but I think they'll both be close games. Um, I don't think any any of the games will be blowouts. Um, I think Real Madrid are the ones who can make a comeback. So I think they could lose the first the first leg and then come back in the second leg. Um, but it might not be enough. Um, I think okay, I want to ask you something because I, I do want to go and then we go into the following week. Give me the score in the Manchester City Real Madrid first leg and the score in the Liverpool Villarreal in the first leg. Uh, remind me who's at home. Both the teams first. I said, City and Liverpool. Okay, so I think uh, Man City 3 0 and Liverpool 2 1. 2 1. Uh, Wade, same question. I've got a sneaky feeling Madrid might get through. I don't know why. Um, just got a sneaky feeling they might. But I mean, yeah, I'd City and Liverpool definitely the favourites. For that last leg, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go a little bit different. I might go City 1 0. Um, Liverpool 2-0 2-0 and I'm going to ask the exact same question because we do of course have the Europa League semi-finals and we do have an English team in there and of course a Scottish team in Rangers but Rudds West Ham the team I say first is at home West Ham Frankfurt Leipzig Rangers first leg scores alright uh, West Ham and Frankfurt one, one apiece one, one apiece um, and I think Frankfurt, unfortunately, will go through. Um, and they play. I think they got mad supporters. So I think they'll unfortunately go through on that one. Um, but it's a good run by, by West Ham anyway. And I think Leipzig will have too much for Rangers. What score so are you I saying? I think they then? beat them away from home. Um, I'd say I'd say 1-0. 1-0. Wade, same question? Um, yeah, again, I'm, I'm probably... Probably leaning towards that same direction with Rubs. I think West Ham, Frankfurt's going to be a tough game for them. They might make a draw there, um, which would be a good result for them. And I think, yeah, I think Leipzig will, will probably be too strong for Rangers. I can see Leipzig going all the way. They've got quite a decent team. So um, I, I can see a Frankfurt-Leipzig final there as well. Frankfurt-Leipzig. There you have it. So interesting. We will reconvene next week to see what these predictions come back at, but no watch, doubt Watch Christopher and Kunku quite closely because he's, he's a player that's strongly linked to United. Mm. Um, his numbers so are phenomenal this year. He's, he's having a really good season and he's, you know, obviously he's one of those players that, you know, Ragnik was involved in getting into Leipzig. So 
Um, he's one that has been recommended to the club for sure. So let's see. And Arsenal been linked with Gabriel Jesus. Um, so I, I think um, and what a week for him after being linked to Arsenal to score four goals. Um, so that that that's a, a maybe a, a tasty transfer. Yeah, very definitely be interesting. Very interesting. I mean, I have to say when the rumor came out last week, I was feeling a little bit underwhelmed, but. Uh, that quickly changed after the weekend. So I was like, okay. Jesus. Get Jesus. Get me, Gabby. Gabby has been added to the Arsenal WhatsApp group. Yeah. I think he's in his last year of his contract. So um, I don't think it'll be a hefty price tag um, if it does come to fruition. So it could be a good pickup, you know. He's and I'll get to the pins at City anyway. Pardon? Yeah, but has got friends at City anyway. Like, yeah. It makes a did, huge difference. It's yeah. a good relationship, and people will try to help him out if he can. Yeah. In terms yeah, of a sure. player that's going anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. there's, there's we've, like, we've we've got a good Brazilian contingent as well um, at the club, so it makes sense from that perspective. From Edu and then other Brazilians we have, but I think he'll be one of two in any case. I don't think he'll be the main guy coming in. I think we'll probably be looking at two forwards in the summer, but. Um, oh, you think you think he won't be the main one? I thought he would be the main one. Well, he'll be one of two. Whether he'll be the big name that we go after, let's see. Um, there's been a couple of other guys we've been linked with, but I, I think he'll definitely be one of two forwards that we'll bring in. I think we, especially if Lacazette leaves um, in the summer. So it's going to be a massive summer for us anyway, regardless. So let's, let's see how it all pans out. Interesting times ahead, no doubt. You heard it first. Nkunku is on his way to Manchester United and so is Gabriel Zayuzus to Arsenal. It's been a pleasure bringing you another episode of What the Football Podcast. I'm your host, Conway T. Rads and Wade, thank you for always joining our podcast and continue to like our posts. And of course, follow us on Apple Podcasts where you can catch all our episodes and Podbean. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all our latest information on the pods, as well as up-to-date information on the happenings in the Premier League. It's been an absolute pleasure bringing you another episode, but it's time to go, and we'll see you next week.